Welcome to Denim Wrapped Nightmares, Tipsy Exchange Podcast, where we explore the Supernatural series episode by episode. Over drinks, we'll discuss the lore, the gore, and what we adore about the Winchesters and their adventures. I'm Burley, and I'm a new fan of the series. I'm LA, and I'm here along for the ride. Now let's get tipsy. Hello, LA. Hey, Burley. Today is our first indie episode. We are currently on pause with season four due to the strike. Also, reminder, we are doing a fundraiser for the Entertainment Community Fund. Uh, if you haven't donated or shared, please do so. Our goal is to get to $500 before Labor Day. During the current season of Denim Wrapped Nightmares, we were most looking forward to the introduction of Misha Collins and Rob Benedict's characters. We got one, but the other one is now delayed. True. <laughs> I don't know why that pause that You're happened just then. I was awfully like, huh? quiet. <laughs> I was like, we got one? Huh? Well, we got Misha. Right, right. I, I got it after a There second. we go. I'm a little slow today, okay? <laughs> Rob's been delayed. So we went and took a look at his IMDb. We're looking for a horror movie with you know, gore, lore, adore type things we could talk about. And we found 30 Miles from Nowhere. Now, according to the movie's website, 30 Miles from Nowhere is an indie thriller shot outside of Chicago. Ooh, I like my drink. What'd you make? I have a co- coconut pineapple bubbly water. Oh, I saw you open that. And I just mix that with a vodka. It's good. Nice. Okay. Anyway. All right. Once more. According to the movie's website, 30 Miles from Nowhere is an indie thriller shot outside of Chicago. As part of the film's commitment to diversity, their hiring practices ensured that their cast and crew were both racially diverse and gender balanced. Kudos. Nice. Even more notable, their writer, director, and producers were all women. Yay! And according to the team, this approach made for a wonderfully collaborative, creative, and exciting set and translated into an equally exciting film. Uh, Caitlin Collar uh, is an award-winning Australian filmmaker, and she was the director. Uh, Sienna Kofoed. Kofoed? I'm probably butchering that, and I apologize. Kofoed. Kofoed? I don't know. Sienna Kofoed was the writer and producer. Right now, this film is available for free on Freebie and Tubi. And I, I watched it actually on Peacock, so it's on there if you have Peacock. It's also on Voodoo if you happen to have that. I watched it on Voodoo. So, and if you haven't watched it yet, pause the episode and go watch it. I liked it. When I, I will say when I first started watching, I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I should say at first. Excuse me. I shouldn't say at first. Like, at first I was just like, okay, where is this, where's this going? There's one scene when we get to it, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll be like, oh, okay. I was like, all right. <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, but it was, I actually really liked the concept yeah. of it. I mean, it was obviously limited because I'm sure their budget was limited. Right. Like, I have I have one thing that I would have loved for them to have been able to do differently, but I imagine it was probably budget constraints that wouldn't have permitted them to do it, and they mm-hmm. had to work with what they had. But before we get into that, right, before right, we dig in, we do like to keep our episodes under an hour. So for our indie episodes that we're doing right now, we aren't going to be doing a recap. That would take the whole episode. Oh, yeah. But here is a summary from Nerds and Beyond. After the suicide of their old college pal, five friends, 
and one new girlfriend descend upon the Wisconsin summer house they used to frequent in their youth. The creep factor at the cabin is high, with a shrine to violence in the basement, blood spurting from the pipes, and a delusional mother drifting about the property in a nightgown. When a dead man starts appearing at the house, they begin to wonder who they buried, if not their friend, and find themselves faced with the ultimate human dilemma, to kill or be killed in order to make it to mourning. Also, heads up, there is a Loudon Swain song featured in the film. Bandaged Head, or not Bandaged Head, Bandaged Hand is played when they're meeting up at the bar. Oh, nice. Which Loudon Swain is Rob Benedict's band, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> My two drinks here. I'm <laughs> okay. All right. All right, so let's move in to the gore, the lore, and what we adore. Let's, let's start with Adore. I adored the cast. Yeah. I thought everybody on the cast nailed it. I think I liked everybody, but the the one... Um... Well, to be clear, I liked the cast and their performances. Right. The characters... Oh, okay. None of them were likable. Not a single one. Yeah, no. They're all shitty people. Yeah. Which I actually liked that, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they... Oh, oh, oh. To what you were saying, yes, they all did a good job. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. The cast, the ensemble cast, the performances... I thought they all did really well. Mm-hmm. Also, that like white patch. Oh, I know that you told me that. I was like, oh, settle down. It was so hot in Rob Benedict's beard. I've seen it in some pictures, and like he's gotten more gray, so it doesn't stand out as much. But this was like earlier on, whenever it's just like this white patch. I love that. <laughs> so hot. I feel like he was definitely like the comic relief within the film. He was a slutty drama queen shit starter and therefore my favorite character in the movie. Obviously. (laughs) I loved Larry. He was a total asshole and like I wouldn't want to hang out with Larry but for sitting there watching the drama I loved Larry. Yeah. He was starting shit left and right trying to stick his dick in anything that moved. Talking shit about everybody. Yeah. I loved Larry. (laughs) He was great. And and like I said, I did see, I was reading a couple of other reviews and I did see one where somebody was complaining, like none of the characters are likable. But like I said, um, I liked that. I think that was the point too. <laughs> yeah. They were shitty people. And I think that was kind of, like you said, I think that was kind of the point yeah. that their shitty friends were putting them in this shitty position and you kind of felt like maybe they kind of deserved it. Right. I mean, not really, but for being <laughs> fictional characters, I mean, they were shitty people. I mean, somebody did get shot and killed. But granted, like she, she's part of who like set the trap and did the whole thing and was purposely trying to push them to the point of doing that. Right. Egg on her face. <laughs> right. I mean, okay. Yikes. And it, I, it was a twist as to which one of them ended up being the person to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. I did think that was a twist. He still wasn't a good par- character, but out of all of the characters, he was the nicest. Right. He seemed like the most decent. Mm-hmm. A passive. Yeah. You know, he, he never stood up for himself throughout the entire film. Like, out of all the characters, he would be the one you would least suspect to get violent. Yeah. So those are things I adored. What about you? I'll tell you one thing I didn't adore <laughs> were the fucking giant cockroaches in the one scene. Okay, so 
where did I they... don't know if that's coming up in the gore or whatever, but I, I... I had it listed as a gore item, okay. even though it's not technically Sorry. gory. No, you're good. We're going into gore anyway. But where did they come from? That was one thing I do wish they could have spent a little bit more time on. Again, indie film, budget restraints, time restraints, yada, yada, yada. But where where did they come from? Oh, where did they come from? Where they did they go? So where did they come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Fucking huge. I like... So I started to watch it one night, and then I, I had to come back to it and watch it again. And when I knew that scene was coming up, I, I couldn't even look at the screen. And even the sound, I was like, I was a little disturbed by as well. I mean, they were massive, like palm, oh my God. palm of your hand, massive. And they did say earlier in the movie, and, you know, in hindsight, I guess it was foreshadowed. There was a ton of stuff that was foreshadowing in that bar mm-hmm. at the beginning. There was a ton of foreshadowing. Obviously didn't know it at the time, but I watched the movie twice. So then when we when I watched it the second time and I saw them in the bar, I was like, oh, shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Lots she's like, of stuff. Well, I was I'm like, oh, that's where I think like, sh- where did they come from? Like, she purposely put them in there. Well, I know, but like, Ugh. did she? Was she in like the roof and like pushing them through a hole in the roof? Like, where where did they come from? Yeah. Like, I know she did it. Right. She and Max set it up, but how did they get them in there to where all of a sudden these two people are covered with bugs? I don't know, but I would fucking know if that thing was on me. Well, that, that one girl thought that somebody was, like, tickling her arm. She nope, thought that's she'd... a different feeling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no. Not going to buy it. And then when they jumped up and were screaming and the guys came in there, they were gone. So we're... Wh- yeah, I don't know. That was odd. That's why I was like, okay. Like, I, where'd they go? How'd you get them in the room? And how'd you, like... Did, were they trained? Did you, like, have them trained to come back and through the wall crack or something? <laughs> Shut up. The wall crack. Like, where did they come from? And where'd they go? Were they supposed to still be there? I Because I, they were staying up in the corners, so maybe they were still there and you just couldn't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. The, the cockroaches, creep factor really high. Yeah. Would have been a really great method for increasing fear and tension and all of that. I just didn't understand where they came from and where they went. Yeah, it was it was odd. But sorry, I had to jump to that mm-hmm. first. But I did really like, um, I can't remember the, all their names, but the girlfriend that showed up. Oh, yeah. She... The 23-year-old pussy. Right, That yeah. Larry was real excited to try and get. Oh, my God, yeah. And then... <laughs> <clears throat> but I liked, uh, she was like, I like she was the one that was legit like, I'm getting, I want to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to find a way to leave and get out of here. I was like, that would be me. Yeah. I would want to leave as well. Mm-hmm. That and she was really great at screaming. Yeah. Her yes. screams. I was like, good Lord. Yeah. It's like, she's good for a horror movie mm-hmm. with those screams. Well, and the girlfriend is. Um, she looked familiar. She's Ryan Bergara's wife, I think. Oh, is that who yeah. she is? is that, am I saying his name wrong? No, that's right. No. I knew she looked familiar, but I couldn't place where I'd seen her before. I think that's her. You're probably right. Because she definitely looked familiar. Yeah, she did good. Yeah. And yeah, definitely a scream queen. Mm-hmm. For oh, sure. Cute scream queen. <laughs> I enjoyed her too. I, which, like I said, I already enjoy, I enjoyed the yeah. entire cast, and of course, honestly. Like I said, Rob, I, I liked that he was kind of a bit of the comic relief mm-hmm. for it all. So uh, the goriest scene to me that ooged me out the most which, again, we find out by the end of the movie that this house has been set up and rigged to be a fear factory, essentially. And, and there was Bess, and she was at the kitchen sink, and I can't remember what she was doing, but she had somehow cut her finger. 
And so she was rinsing her finger at the kitchen sink and then blood started coming out of the sink instead of water. Mm -hmm. And I immediately was just like, oh, my God, I would have been so paranoid. I would have been wanting to leave immediately because what diseases did I just get? Exactly. Like, oh, contamination. Yeah. Infectious diseases. What's going on? Get me the hell out of here. And then it showed her in the shower later and the same thing happened. But she didn't even notice. See, that was the scene where I was like, okay, what is this? Because she's just showering and it's normal. First of all, the, there was the dot on the on the wall and she just put soap on it or something. I was like, oh, that was odd. Yeah. But did she think like, oh, I got my period or I sneezed and blood came out? Yeah. Like she just blew it off. Like, let me just put some soap on top of this blood and just keep showering. It was weird. But yeah, she's just showering. And then all of a sudden, first of all, I don't close my eyes that much in a shower. Maybe I'm the weirdo. But then she's just showering and letting this blood drip all over her. enough so that the blood drips all over her mm-hmm. and then when it turns back to water it's like all gone she rinses it off she, she was really enjoying that spray she never notices Mm-mm. well you couldn't kill the mood because you know she got laid right after true it's a good thing she got cleaned up first right can you imagine if jack had come in <laughs> oh my God. she was just covered in blood Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. The way all these characters were acting, I don't know that he would have been turned off. True. He probably yeah. would have just gone for it anyway. Yeah. Everybody's real horny in this and movie. With, with his girlfriend in the next room, too. Yeah. Just FYI. Everyone's real horny. For for all the horniness, not I- any nudity. Nope. Really. You know. I, I thought there was surely going to be some nudity at some point with everybody just wanting to fuck the whole movie. <laughs> but no, we didn't. we didn't get any of that. There's a point where... The girlfriend. I keep forgetting her name. I know. I can't. I forget all her names. I remember Larry and Jack and Bess. Oh, I, I should have. I'll pull up their IMDb, the IMDb page. Okay. Yeah. Pull that up because I didn't write down names unless I wanted to say something specific about it. But the 23-year-old girlfriend, whenever they wake up after their first night there, she's hung over. She immediately runs over to the sink and pukes. And those sounds were very realistic. Amateur. (laughs) So she's vomiting in the sink. And then later on in the episode, the sink gets backed up. So this is the sink that's been puked in. This is the sink that has had blood running from the faucet and down the sink. And so they're messing with it, messing with it. And the sink like splooges. All over two of the female characters' faces. It was Bess and who was the other one? Is it the girl? No, uh, it was Elaine. Okay, Bess, Bess and Elaine. Elaine. It splooges all over them. Elaine gets cleaned up, but Bess inexplicably just leaves this blood vomit splooge stuff on her face all like, over her for the rest of the episode. Like, so that So that bothered me. Not even a wipe. Yeah. Like it literally was like caked under her face after all. I would have taken my shirt off and used my shirt to clean my face and hung out in my bra before yeah. I would have just hung out with that all over my or face. Or like they were in the kitchen, there's gotta be a towel around. Something. Like you can go take or another use the bottom of her. You your can shirt. take a sh- another shower. It's okay. Yeah. You know? But she doesn't. She goes and hangs out with Larry. Bloody faced and all. Yeah. And it's like you weren't gonna make out with him because he had puke breath. You think he's gonna make wanna make out with you? Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Larry didn't seem picky. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so for, for the gore factor, the finger, the sink splooge. But for me, what ooged me out more was best leaving the sink splooge on herself. Yeah. Which, granted, it was getting very tense, very scary, all of that. So maybe, but that just, I wouldn't have left it on me. <laughs> 
and the cockroaches. I would say those were the oogiest things. There were a ton of little scary things that happened, though. Nan. Ooh, she was creepy. She was good. Mm -mm. I couldn't figure out if she was in on it or if she actually was a little delusional. No, I think she was because in the end, like, isn't she like walking off with one of them? Yeah, she walks off with Max, but that doesn't mean that she understood what had just happened. I mean, she had all that stuff coming out of her mouth when they discovered her in the room. I think she was in on it. Well, she might have been in on that part. I was just trying to figure out, like, is she actually delusional or is she completely putting on an act? Like, obviously, she was in on it to an extent. Mm -hmm. But by how much? Yeah. I guess it it doesn't really matter. She was creepy. Mm -hmm. She did well. So whatever the Sylvia lady was hacking at, Paul came up on her at that one point. Mm -hmm. What was she hacking at? I have no idea. I, I assumed it was a stray dog. I think, yeah, I think that's what it was. I think she was, like, using the stray dogs for and something. And that grossed me out. Yeah. I did not like that. Yeah, yeah. But. Now, as far as far as a, a criticism, but which, like I said, I, I don't even know that this could be a criticism because it could have just been because of indie movie restrictions. But at the end, I did get a little confused. I wish they could have done another scene like with a mediator or something where like the friends wanted to sue them. And then the guest book came out and it was revealed that you actually did sign over your consent to participate in all of this because it just was odd to me that the cops had that and were like, yeah, no, you signed, you consented. Like cops wouldn't be doing that. I don't think. Yeah, unless I guess, I mean, they know, they know the town and they know that they're doing shit like this there. That's what I was thinking. I was like, so are the cops in on it too? Yeah, it must be. The way she presented it, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all I was saying is that it was just, they had to, it seemed like they were having to wrap everything up with the ambulance and the cops and everybody else showing up and trying to just tie it all up right then and there. I wish that could have been just a little bit more separate. Yeah, I agree. It was very, like, wrapped up quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I barely had time to absorb what was happening yeah. before the credits were rolling. I agree, yeah. So I, w- I wish there could have been just, like, one more scene. Or, like, a little easy, like, a more, like, it was just so very, like, upfront, like, a more, mm-hmm. like, subtle, like, way of revealing that, I guess. Or even Max explaining, like, coming up with the book and explaining to the cops, like, no, you all signed your consent right here. Well, but also, like, uh, the, the that whole thing was a little confusing to me because I'm like, okay, was there... It didn't even look like there was a page before where they were signing, but I mean, I guess obviously there was. Well, it was opened whenever they signed it. Yeah, but so I mean, come on, I mean, that was that going to hold up in a court of law? That's what that's why I'm saying is like the fact that the cops were doing it. It was just yeah. kind of like, oh well, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish they could have done something a little bit more with the evidence that, that that. But I agree with you. The premise, the vast majority of the script, like I said, there were at least. Any little things that I wish could have been fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah. But I liked it. I, I enjoyed it overall. And I wasn't sure I was going to. <laughs> oh, I was saying. I'll be honest. <laughs> well, like I said, when you, when I got, to, when that first, the scene with the her in the shower with the blood, and I was like, all right, what's happening here? This is silly. <laughs> but, um, but like, and then like, I kept kind of thinking that as I watched it. But then when it got to the end and it kind of did reveal that I was like, oh, that's fucking clever. Yeah, like I said, if it could have just been flushed out a little bit more, I agree. Yeah, it would have been like five stars, right? You know, but I would give it three, three and a half. Yeah, I think I feel like I don't know how they could have done it different, but they spent a little too much time on the like 
the chase element of it, like getting like where they're in the house and think shit's happening and all that. Mm-hmm. And then I think trying to develop their camaraderie or whatever from college days or whatever, like maybe they could have shortened those two aspects to like spend a little more time on the reveal. I liked all that stuff though. No, I did too. I'm just saying. <laughs> Couldn't they have just made the movie longer, LA? <laughs> well, I guess. But I'm just saying if like for what you're saying you wanted, they probably could have cut a little bit of those things mm. to have left more room. Well, for if that's a if better that, reveal. If that was the decision, then I understand why they made the decision they did. Because yeah. I, I do think that those things were important. Right. But they could have been my point is like they could have been done in a different way that could have been shorter. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm not a fucking filmmaker, so I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, as an indie film, you know, what their budget was, the, if they had to be super limited on locations. You know, I, I understand there's all these other factors that come into play where you're not always going to be able to do everything you want to do. Oh, yeah. And sometimes you just have to make it work. So I get that. Just from the viewer standpoint, you know, just those... Where did the cockroaches come from? I would have liked to have seen that a little bit more. See, but that my point right there, like, that was kind of an, an unnecessary scene. I almost think, okay, budget aside, let's say they have all the budget in the world. Well, not all the budget in the world, but you know what I mean. Yeah. They had more money. Right. It would have been cool to have, like, a montage during the credits where it showed O-Girl and Max, mm-hmm. like, actually setting up the house to be right. this trap. Right. Or, like, for their friends. When things were going on, like, them conversing or, like, let's do that. Okay, what's next up? Hit this. Like, yeah. Yeah. Showed them more of their plan. Yeah. Showed them actually doing stuff outside the house. Right. Being all sneaky and everything. Yeah. That would have been a fun thing to have seen from from their perspective. Yeah. What what they were seeing. I agree. Yeah. But, yeah, I was was surprised how much I liked it. I I definitely liked it. I obviously had to deal with the restrictions. We've already kind of gone into that. But it's worth a watch. So if you didn't hit pause and go watch it before you continued listening to this episode, I think you you should give it a view. Give it a view. Check it out. Check it out. All right. So into lore. So the lore is uh, the good old rickety cabin in the woods. It's been the site of many hunting trips, lakeside vacations, and according to Hollywood, fairly frequent bloody killing sprees. This setting has become so common in horror films that it has been elevated to the status of trope, and it's easy to see why. A cabin is isolated, it's easy to make the woods seem scary, especially at night, and it makes for a really cheap set to build, which means more money for fake blood. Yay! (laughs) Which we saw lots of in this one. Mm Mm-hmm. The trope has become so popular that you could honestly make an argument for a subgenre status, which I kind of agree. Yeah. Even when the cabin isn't exactly a cabin, it's an isolated refuge against attacking evil plunked down in the middle of some insurmountable wilderness, which there's so many movies. So many. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are from struck companies, so we're not going to list them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even the original one that I can think of, I will say because Sam Raimi, Evil Dead, mm-hmm. even that one I think is owned by a struck company now. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but there are a ton of them out there. It's it's crazy how many. Well, that's why I think like it's a perfect argument to make it a subgenre. It really could be. It should be. Yeah. Quote to close it out. It's from Larry, played by the fabulous Mr. Rob Benedict. We finally got to see him in action. He said, "What was in those pork buns?" <laughs> 
Cheers. Thank you for listening to Denim Wrapped Nightmares. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram, leave a review, and let us know how we can get involved in the fandom. This was fun. Jerk. It always is, bitch. <laughs>